Now I want to turn our attention to God's word. I'm going to read in full the, the, what we call the Lord's Prayer, but we're going to focus on one verse. Starting in verse 9, Jesus says, Therefore you should pray like this, our Father in heaven. Your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so our verse today is give us today our daily bread. And this is God's word. George Mueller of England was a man of, of great faith. He had an orphanage, believing that God had called him to care for those who were orphans. But one day they ran out of food. And instead of panicking, he decided to set the table and have the kids come and sit around the table. So as the kids are coming to the table, they realize there's no food here. And so why, why, why are we sitting at the table? There's nothing to eat. And one of those kids determined to take it upon himself that he would share with Mr. Mueller, there is no food here. Mr. Mueller said to him, son, I realize that, but it's always important for us to give thanks, even when we don't have what we need. So he prayed and he gave thanks to God for his promise to give them daily bread and to meet their need. He also, in prayer, just in, informed God that, God, you called me to this, and I want to be faithful in this work that you have called me to. And he said, God, you know that these kids are hungry. And so he finished his prayer. And when he finished the prayer, he heard a knock at the door. It was the baker up the street. And the baker of the street comes with his hands full of bread, and he informed George Mueller that they did not sell all of the bread that they baked for that day. And God had laid it on my heart to bring this bread to you. Friends, I believe that we've all had experiences like this. We've all had those experiences. And when we have those experiences, no one can tell us that God is not real. We've had that experience. And when we have that experience, we know that God can be trusted. Because he wants us to have a daily dependence on him, even in spite of the, in spite of the fact that me and you have, we have more resources than we know what to do with. And I'm not talking about how many zeros you have in your account. But we are not like the orphans in that orphanage who are literally waiting on what will our meal be today. But the question is, will we have a dependence on God just like George Mueller had? So today we're looking at another petition in this model prayer because we've been in the series looking at this model prayer. where We want to just go and look at what Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And today we're on the section of give us today our daily bread. And this is a petition that shows our dependence on God for daily sustenance. Now, this is a petition that is most naturally uttered by those who are poor and destitute. Like it's, we, we can look at a homeless person or we can look at someone who is really 
of what we would say on skid row and, and really seeking the Lord, Lord, I need your help today. And this reminded me, a few months ago, I was at CTK or Christ the King. I was sending church, and I was there getting some tables. And I was there with our, our, our brother who's not here right now, Lou Galvez. And, and there was a homeless guy that was there. And I'm getting the tables out, and he said to me, can, can I help you? I was like, sure, come on. And so he helps, and, and he just simply said to me, he says, hey, do you have any work for me? I just want to earn some money because I'm hungry. I said, brother, I don't have any work for you, but I can get you something to eat. And so I went across the street, and I didn't get him a, 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 a meal just for those couple of hours, but I tried to get him enough that he could have for that day. And then Lou reached into his pocket and pulled out some money and gave the money to Jason as his name. And the joy on his face, and all he could, was say, all he could say was thank you. Just thank you. And then he said this, because now I have what I need. I can wash my clothes. And I have some food to eat. He needed sustenance. For that day. So, friends, I want us to know this. We must acknowledge our dependence on God for daily provision. I'm going to say it again. We must acknowledge our dependence on God for daily provision. This is about seeking God daily and us being content with what He gives us daily. However, the problem I see with us is that we are often dissatisfied and discontent. We're dissatisfied. We think we don't have enough. We always want more and more. This week I was, again, I know many of us, we, we have social media and I, I'm on it too. But sometimes I, I realize like, why am I on here? Because I feel like when I get on it, I get dumber. Um, but a pastor, Rich Velotis in New York, he said this, and I thought it was, it was good. He said, Jesus tells us to pray for daily bread, but we'd rather have a Costco relationship with God. We would. Right? We, we, we don't want to just, we, we want to get things in bulk. Why? Because we don't want to have to come back to God to ask him for anything. I so think this is true because we would rather store up as much as we can so we don't have to depend on anyone. And, and notice this, and this no, I'm not putting a slight on anyone, but notice this. If, if, I, if someone asks me, do you have a need, or I ask you, our tendency is to say, no, I'm good. Am I right? No, I'm all right. There is something about where we live and where we are that says, I got this. Until it gets too rough. And then we'll pick up the phone and say, you know what, can I? But we may even have that need when someone asks us. But we are, we're supposed to be self-sufficient. It's uncomfortable for us to wait on God this day to give us what we need. Because the text says, give us today, not tomorrow, but today. And we also have a problem with waiting. We, we have that problem, right? So instead of me waiting, let me store up, let me go to Sam's and Costco, and don't let it be like, oh, we're going to run out of toilet paper. I'm going to buy, I'm going to spend $300 on just toilet paper. Some of y'all probably still got toilet paper at home from when the pandemic first hit. 
Uh, no shade, no shade. We want to be self-sufficient. But here's the truth, friends. Every single thing that you and I have has been given. And the truth is, you didn't earn it. It's been given. I know, I know. You go to school, you get an education. I earned the degree, right? But how did you get the school? Oh, my parents paid for it. How did your parents get the money? Again, we can play this thing all the way back and show that everything that you and I have has been given to us. Someone outside of us who created us because we did not create ourselves. And those of us who have kids, we know this quite well. Our kids are born. They can't do anything for themselves. They need someone outside of them to do something for them so that they would have what they need. We're no different from the children that God has given us. We're just bigger children who is relying on our Heavenly Father to give us everything we need. Psalm 50, verses 10 to 12 says this. Listen to what the psalmist says. He says, for every, God says in the psalm, for every animal of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains and the creatures of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and everything in it is mine. I love what my favorite preacher, Gardner Taylor, said when referring to a deacon in his church years ago. This deacon said, uh, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. But not only does he own the cattle on a thousand hills, he owns the hills on which the cattle are. But not only does he own the hills on which the cattle are, he owns the sky above the hills, and he owns the valleys under the hills. God owns it all. And if this is the God that we serve, what do you have that he did not give? What do I have that he did not give? So as we dive into this verse, here is our only point, friends. God is faithful to give us what we need today. We're in Sunday, 445, 446 p.m. And there's a few more hours left in this day. We have needs for the rest of the day. He's going to provide it. What we need. God is faithful to give us what we need today. So now Jesus continues in this prayer, teaching the disciples how they should pray to have their needs met. This is what I love when I read scripture. First of all, from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about God. It's all about him. But there's also human, there's a human element in here. Now, don't hear me. I'm not saying that humans are like God, but we see humans in the text. And when I, every time I see a human, I see someone just like me. And they have needs. Abraham early on. Abraham and Sarah wanted a child, but they couldn't have a child. And they were in their old age. And God would flex in a mighty way, let Abraham become a hundred. And Sarah in her 90s she's able to conceive and have a child. God met a need. Isaac, his son, is going around, around Genesis 26, and he's digging wells. He's trying to find water, and when he digs a well, he finds water. Someone goes and plugs the hole up. He moves to another spot, digs well, digs a well, trying to find water. They plug that up. But then he gets to another space, and he finds it. God gives him water. Again, God 
knows what we need before we ask, and he is the one who meets that need. Jacob just wanted to know, God, are you with me? Are you going to be with me on this journey? God continues to show up. Jacob's ladder that we, we learned in Sunday school years ago, a ladder that touched heaven and reached earth. Jacob would see the God of heaven. God would continue to show him, I got you. I made a promise to Abraham. And we could go all throughout scripture. And if God did it for them, would he not do it for us? Would he not do it for us? But I, I'm not putting you out there, Russell, would tend to think, God, you must have been blind and you have not seen me. And you're not going to meet that need. Scripture just gives us and shows us people with human needs and God stepping in to meet that need. So when the original audience would have heard Jesus in this prayer, specifically with the disciples, their minds would have immediately gone back to Exodus. It would have reminded them of how God would drop Krispy Kreme donuts, I'm sorry, manna from heaven for them to eat. Israel, we know the story, they were in bondage in Egypt. God flexed and rescued them, 10 plagues, brought them out. They're going to now the mountain, Mount Sinai, to meet with their God. But on their way, they began to complain. Why? Because in Egypt, even though they were enslaved, they knew where food was coming from. They sat by the meat pots, they would say, and, and they had the leeks and onions, and, and they, had, they, they know where their meal was coming from, but now they're on a journey. The same God who delivered them was with them. They could see his presence in a pillar of a cloud, but yet they started to complain. They're now complaining to Moses. You brought us out to kill us. This is what the text says in Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 and 3. The entire Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt when we sat by pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Instead, you brought us out, you brought us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. Again, they had just been delivered by God. They saw the miraculous signs that God did to deliver them. Now they're complaining. Aren't we a lot like Israel? So we don't need to look down our nose at Israel. We're looking in a mirror. God does something miraculous and mighty in our lives. And because vision leaks and we have short memories, we forget. When stuff is not smooth and when I'm not comfortable... I want to complain. We're just like Israel. But the truth is this, friends. God always shows up to provide for us. He meets us where we are, does only what he could do. We are his children. He created us. And we often doubt that he is going to provide for us. So when we hit a space of trust, instead of looking to him, we begin to complain. But notice how God responded to the people in verses 4 and 5 of Exodus 16. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day. Notice that they are to go out each day and gather enough food for 
that day. This way I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So what was God doing? God was testing the people. They had already been rescued. They were already his. But now he's going to test, are you going to follow me? Are you going to trust me? So he let them feel a little bit. You know, look, you ain't going to have food right at your, like you're not going to eat at the meat pots. But are you going to worry and be concerned if you will eat? And God, the text says that God was testing them to see if they would follow his instructions. See, God would provide for them daily. Each day you go out and you will get enough for that day. On the sixth day, you get enough for two days for yourself because it was a Sabbath. But each day was enough bread for, they need to take enough bread for that day. Not enough for tomorrow, but for today. And in this text, give us today our daily bread, the word today is in the emphatic position. There is an emphasis. So it's like Jesus is saying to them, give us today our daily bread. It's like he's screaming. This is the emphasis today. We ought to seek a day supply because that's all one needs. As them old church mothers I grew up with, we don't have tomorrow. We can't go back to yesterday. All we have is today. We're living in today, and God, what I love it, he cares about our lives in the present. He cares about where we are right now. We don't need to worry about tomorrow. This is what Jesus would say later in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, 34. He says, so don't worry. I don't know how, about y'all, but every time I read don't worry, I always find out I'm always worrying. Do you, do you find yourself there? He says, don't worry, but yet I'm worried. Jesus says, so don't worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Then it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. These things, what you will eat, what you will drink, and what you will wear, all of these things will be provided for you. Then it says, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Why are we going to worry about Monday? Why are we thinking about Monday? The text says each day has enough trouble of its own. We don't even know if we're going to see tomorrow. Jesus could come back right now and all this would be a wrap. Come, come Lord Jesus. We need you. But if he allows us to see tomorrow, it's tomorrow. We're in today. See, the Jews, when they were traveling from the wilderness, uh, in the wilderness, they would worry about will they survive their travels. I don't know about y'all, man, but it's, it's, have you ever just had a panic attack thinking about the next week? Okay, I'm the only one. You, you're living way out there. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And it's days out. And we're in a day, and I'm so worried about that day that my chest is getting tight. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to make it there. But I'm in today. I can't even live for today. And we feel this right now. Just look at the news. 
those with young children. We're, they're talking about formula. Will we have enough formula, right? And it's real. And I look at, they, they show on the shelves, and I'm like, it's bare. Many of you have some little ones, not right. Will our kids have formula, right? I just saw, I was just looking at the news. Somebody went and they put some formula on the shelf, and somebody hoarded it. I guess the, the two moms, they're about to get into a fight, right? Because one of them, they wanted some, but someone just wanted to get enough because we're so worried I'm not going to have enough. Again, we're, we're worrying. We're also fearing, are, are we headed for a recession? I mean, I don't pay much attention to it, but if you look at the stock market and you see what everyone is saying, and just like we're in a bad spot, they're raising interest rates. And I reflected on this. You know, God has never had a worry. Like, he's never had a worry. He's not worried about interest rates going up. Again, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the hills that the cattle are on. He owns the sky above the hills and the valleys below. And we're worried about interest rates. Like, God don't have resources. But again, it's real. Where we live, we begin to worry about or we're in a recession because what we focus on, what we are seeing, there is an alarm going off. Are we going to be okay? But I believe that as the people of God, we have an opportunity to show the world what dependence on God looks like. We have an opportunity right now. How do we trust God? Like Israel, we must depend on him as our heavenly father. And Jesus did this. Jesus trusted in the Lord at a critical moment. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, Matthew 4. Satan tried to get Jesus to circumvent God's plan to accomplish something apart from God. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 4, Matthew writes these words. He says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Would you be hungry after not eating for 40 days? So I'm hungry. I hear you, Abigail. I'm hungry after about three hours. Right, I want something to eat, right? But Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. It says, then the tempter approached him and said, if you are the son of God, now, you can take that word if, scratch it out, and write since. Because that, that's what that, that, that word is. Since you are the son of God, Satan is saying, tell these stones to become bread. He answered, or Jesus answered, it is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I love it. Jesus resisted the temptation to turn stone into bread. He could have done it, but he trusted in the Father to provide. He did not go outside of the Father for provision. Jesus knew what he had come. He knew God's plan. Satan is trying to get Jesus to go around God to get what he wanted. He has nothing new. Read Genesis 3, to go around God to get what you need. But Jesus says, no, I know God is going to provide for me. I'm hungry, but I'm still going to trust him. I'm going to trust God to give it. Again, we don't like to wait. We don't like to wait. We want what we want right now. And our, like we can go home and watch a TV show. My friend Joel, we were talking right now, we love This Is Us. If you, don't, if you don't like This Is Us, shame on you. So 
watching This Is Us, and then there's a commercial, right? The commercials are, are the commercials that come on, they're showing us you need this. Man, we, I got an iPhone 12 in my bag. They already got the 13, right? It's always going to be something that's going to put you need this, right? And we want it right now. But look at what the writer of Proverbs, a writer of Proverbs, chapter 30, verses 8 and 9 said. I love it. He says, keep falsehood and deceitful words far from me. Give me neither poverty nor wealth. Feed me with the food I need. Otherwise, I might have too much and deny you, saying, who is the Lord? Or I might have nothing and still profaning the name of my God. Don't give me too much, Lord. I don't want wealth, but don't let me go hungry. Just give me what I need. Many of you have heard me mention maybe my, my father, my, my biological father. And, and what you don't know, I'm a junior, so I'm the oldest. My father's name is Russell Lee McCutcheon was. He's not here anymore. Russell Lee McCutcheon Sr. I, my name is Russell Lee McCutcheon Jr. My dad never, he lived with me up until 1980. I was five years old. I didn't see him again until 1993. Why? He left, my mom and dad divorced, and in 1986, my dad was arrested. When he was convicted, they gave him 72 years, but he only did 20, 1986 to 2006. When he got out in 2006, he was in North Carolina, he was in the prisons here, he was released. I got called and I drove from Mobile, Alabama to Kings Mountain to see my dad. My wife and my son were with me. So I go in and see him. By this time, we had, we'd been writing, corresponding, and I think we had one conversation, maybe two. And when we got there, um, he wasn't trying to be, because at this time I'm over 30, he wasn't trying to be like, I got to parent you, but here is my oldest. And so as his son, I'm just like, I need to ask dad. And he showed me his rap sheet. He laid it out, said, this is what I did. And the thing he told me was this. He said, son, I had a great job. He was a foreman in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That's where he's from. He was a foreman. He made, he made good money, but he said it was never enough. So what my dad would do, he would find places that had safes, hotels, other organizations, not banks, but he would go and rob them. Not hurting the one, but he wanted to take the money because he always had to have more. It was never enough. And I, I have to feel like in our day, many people look at what they have and always think it's not enough. We always need more. What do we do? God has given us a roof of our head, whatever that looks like, apartment or house. But then we ride and we see another person's house. And we begin to think like, why don't I have a house like this? And we begin to covet that house or get upset like I should have more. And when we, we, when we look at all of this stuff that we don't have, not even paying attention to what we do have, now, it doesn't matter. I'm not even talking about things. I'm just talking about where you are. If you look at where you are and look at someone else and where you are doesn't match up with them and it causes you anxiety because you don't have what they have, it's like we're saying to God, God, you, don't, you ain't getting it right. You, you're not getting it right. I should have this. But even if I get this, that, 
I will realize that that is not enough. So I look at the next thing. God, I need more. The best way to prevent anxiety is to consciously trust God for today's bread. Now, bread is more than just physical bread. It speaks of the basic needs that you and I have holistically. But here's the thing. We got to take it one day at a time. One day at a time. So we seek God to receive what we need from him. And so we come to him with expectation and we come to him by faith. Israel, as they were following the Lord in the wilderness, they had to trust him by faith that God would provide for them. You and I are the same way. We have to walk by faith. We have to trust that in our day that God has given us, that he is going to give us what we need for that day. Trusting him and continuing to see by faith, Lord, you will do it. The writer of Hebrews, in, in verses 1 and 6 of chapter 11, in verse 1 it says, now faith is the reality of what is hopeful, the proof of what is not seen. Then in verse 6 it says, now without faith it is impossible to please God. Since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Because God gives us what we need daily, friends, we don't need to worry. It doesn't mean that every day is going to be easy either. We don't need to equate ease with blessing and that God will give us what we need. Some days what we need is to feel some tension. Some days we need to feel that. Because we need to learn how to trust and how to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. As our shepherd, he is with us. And we can count on the fact that God will provide because of Jesus. And I believe that when we, 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 we trust in him, we can say with the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 to 21, Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think. Notice it doesn't say all that we can ask or think. It says, now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, we're talking about physical needs, but all of us have spiritual needs. The Bible says that Jesus is the bread of life. Yes, we need clothes on our backs, we need water to drink, we need food to eat. But spiritually, we need true bread. And if we go through each day, and this is the beauty, if we go through any, uh, just, just the days that we have been given, and we don't seek the Lord in his word, again, we're trying to live as if I'm self-sufficient, I got this. But I don't know about you, but I need the bread of life every day. And I want to spend time in the word. Again, your time in the word may not be like my time in the word. But if you're in the word, rightly praying, asking God to show you, pull out your instruments and your tools and study because you want to know more of him. More than anything, you and I need Jesus. How do we know we need Jesus? The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
He knows what we need even before we ask. And God knew even before we asked while we were sinners that our sins need to be paid for. That's why Jesus came. That's why we are here this afternoon. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I bless you that you provide what we need. And we can pray, Father, give us today our daily bread. Yes, we need physical sustenance, but we also need spiritual sustenance. And so, Lord, right now, Jesus, we are turning our attention to the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And, and in this sacrament, we are reminded, Lord Jesus, of what you accomplished on our behalf. Help us to deeply think about this truth. That as we partake of these elements, the gospel is being proclaimed. Jesus, your body broken and your blood shed on our behalf. We look to you now in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen.